Welcome to X's and O's NBA Breakdown, the podcast where we take a deeper look into teams, coaches, and trends of the NBA. I'm your host, Coach Mark Tinklenberg. It's time to settle in and enjoy as we talk about the league. Hey, Hoopheads, we appreciate you listening to this episode of X's and O's NBA Breakdown. Be sure to check out these other NBA pods on the Hoopheads Podcast Network, including Cavalier Central, 305 Culture, Knock If You Buck, Spanning the Spurs, Hashtag Lakers, Motor City Hoops, LA Hoops, The Wizards Hoops Analyst, and At The Buzzer. Plus, our coaching-focused podcasts, Thrive with Trevor Huffman, Beyond the Ball, the CoachMaze.com podcast, Players Court, Bleachers and Boards, and The Green Light. Oh, and don't forget to check out our flagship, the Hoopheads podcast, hosted by me, Mike Cleansing, and my co-host, Jason Sunkel, featuring the best minds in the game, from grassroots to the NBA. Welcome to X's and O's NBA Breakdown, episode 12. What's up, boys? How we doing? Zach, Mike, how we doing? You know what? Happy Thursday, everybody. How's the week been? Good? It's good. Good, good. Got it. So far, so good. Thanks for asking. And I'm doing uh, well. That's great. So here we are, episode 12. Before we get started, we just want to remind you guys, like and subscribe our stuff, X underscore breakdown on Twitter and Instagram. And give us a nice five-star review on Apple Podcasts. We really appreciate all the feedback we get from you guys. We truly mean that. Um, five, stars. We're gonna, five stars. We're going to need every five one stars. of them. One, two, um, three, four, five. First segment of the day around the league. Choo, 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 choo. I think that's some things they do on cool talk radio shows and stuff. So, uh, yeah, we, don't have, we don't have sounding yeah. things yet. So we have to use our own mouths. Forgive us. Choo, choo, choo. Around the league. Choo, choo, choo. All hey right. Guys. Around the hey league. <laughs> hey, happy Thursday. Happy Thursday. Thanks. Choo, 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 choo. <laughs> <laughs> All right, around the league, um, all-star break, one week away. Uh, draft just concluded. We'll go through that in a little bit. Um, but there are some some teams that could uh, go for the all-star break in terms of getting themselves some rest, recovering, as well as just kind of regrouping after a rough first half of the season. And there are probably a bunch of teams that don't want the all-star break to be here, and they want to continue uh, just playing – and continuing their hot streak because we have some teams who are in desperate need and some teams who are really feeling it and uh, probably want to continue their climb in the standings. So, fellas, let's start with that. Shoot me through. Who needs to break the most right now? And who do you guys see as the teams that that just want to keep playing and climbing in the standings? I'll, I'll start with um, my boys, the Pacers, um, as I have their game going on in silent here against the Nuggets right now. Um, All-Star break, I'll say they need it to – I think we are finally – we saw them after a hot start. They That whole new coach, new system, injuries kind of started catching up with them, and they're losing some close games and obviously some big games. Uh, they're getting blown out a couple times, too, by teams they shouldn't be. But the, the big announcement today and why I say they need it is Karis LeVert got announced that he is going to be ready to go in March, which is awesome. Great story. Love to see it. He is a needed asset. 
um, to be with this team. You know, and that we training. all and we all love that kid. Yeah, love him. Uh, Michigan fans here, so we we love Karis uh, and are ready to watch him play in a Pacers uniform. Um, you know that trade with Oladipo, you, you lose a starter. I mean, you lose a starter, you get back one that's was injured right away. So they're they need this break. You got T.J. Warren still out with his foot injury. Karis Levert will be back. I can see them climbing back. And again, the East is separated by if you go to the fourth spot, it's separated by half a game game you could be in the ninth and still make it to the fourth depending on if you get hot so the east for the all-star break those those bottom tier teams i think i would say they all need it to see how to kind of climb back in and what they could do to to kind of rock the east on that side but yeah i'll start with the uh, the pacers i would say celtics are one you know i know mike we we've we've talked about them celtics is another team they've back and forth but again you lose three games, you're going to be back there at the bottom again. So, yeah, they've actually kept it together pretty well. They're they're in fourth, but like you were saying, they're a game and a half out of tenth. So, it's a strange sort of middle of the pack there. One of the teams that I think wants to just keep playing, just roll the ball out and keep going in the gym is Phoenix. They are on fire, and they have found some real chemistry there. Devin Booker. We'll talk a little bit about. Um, the officiating later, but Devin Booker is really starting to feel his or find his footing. Chris Paul, uh, they're really starting to mesh. And it feels like, uh, as we have talked about in past episodes, that they're coming to that point where, oh, okay, this is how we play together. And this is how we win. Teams have to learn how to win. You know, as a, as I've stated before, as an NBA fan coming up in the 80s, that was the normal progression of things, right? It was Celtics, and then the Pistons had to beat the Celtics, and then the Bulls had to beat the Pistons. And teams have to learn how to win, and it feels like Phoenix is learning how to win, and I don't know I, I don't know that if a break will help or hurt them, but they're rolling right now. Yeah, they got... They got snipers surrounded by DeAndre Ayton in the middle and Chris Paul running the show. And it doesn't hurt to have Devin Booker coming off ball screens and attacking consistently from the wing. And, and then you got four guys that can just absolutely snipe you out of the gym. Um, and and I'm going to tag on. I, I think the Lakers are, are obviously in desperate need of, of the all-star break. LeBron James said, hey, boys, head on out to Sacramento. I'll see you in about a week and a half. When we play again next Friday, yep. <laughs> um, just the you just time. needed a moment. Yeah, I, gonna, need you to, I need some time away. I'm gonna, need I'm gonna just need a little time. Go ahead, win or lose, don't really care. I'm gonna need you guys to go to Sacramento. I'm gonna stay right here, and I'll see you next week. Um, bodies are banged up, mentally exhausted, physically exhausted after that run. And you know that's that's where we go back all the way to our first episode, and we're talking about the bubble, and you. They all talked about how difficult it was there mentally and physically just to be there and get through that. Um, And everybody thinks that these guys' bodies are just going to miraculously recover from that. It's just not the case. So you can see the heat going through it right now. Why? Mentally and physically exhausted. You can see the Lakers going through it right now mentally and physically exhausted anybody that made a run the nuggets let's go through the list of those last four standing the nuggets mentally and physically exhausted 
also going through it, picking up steam now after a really, really slow start. And the last of, of the East was, uh, was it Milwaukee and Miami? So Milwaukee going through it. So, and Milwaukee's been just average. So all those last four teams, there is obviously a direct correlation to all four of those teams needing the all-star break badly. Um, even though some individual players on them are starting to pick up some steam and stuff, each one of them had zero off season. So all four of those, those last four teams standing, you know, and, and it does tell me again, how legit that championship was or anybody that made that playoff run, you know, just what it took up here mentally and fatigue wise, trying to recover so quickly. And now you have so many back-to-backs and stuff. So I agree. Phoenix on a roll. Obviously, Utah, we talked about last week on a roll, a bunch of teams in need. Um, I'd say Philadelphia probably wouldn't mind just keep playing. Um, you know, they had their down slide a little bit, but, but man, they, they just keep beating teams. <laughs> they, they look really good. So, and Embiid's, Embiid's doing this thing. And as much as I don't really like Embiid as a person, he's, he's really making his case uh, for MVP, which we'll talk about here in a little bit. But I love seeing Tobias Harris as their closer. Yep. You know, he's coming out there. What last game he scored the last, what, 11 of the last 12 points yep. against the Jazz and overtime. I'm like, he is just going out. He's like, all right. He's the guaranteed, but obviously in beatical score, but he's the guaranteed, like, let me just go and disrupt the other defense for you. Um, and it will just take over and be that closer for him. So 76ers are they're they're fun to watch. They're really yeah, fun to watch. He's turning into a killer too. Yeah. I mean, you know, talk about learning what it takes to to be in those moments. He's crushing. I I, I think somebody else maybe that uh I don't maybe wouldn't mind, but who's coming? Who have we been talking about waiting to gel and waiting to go? The Dallas Mavericks. Oh, and Dallas. Sneaking into the eighth spot now, eight and two in their last ten, one three in a row. And that's another team where it's figuring out. And again, it, it, it's amazing how the bubble is showing up, right, Mark? I so much agree with your point, specifically with a team like the Lakers, who who have veteran legs and they're they're used to that long off season. You have these other teams that haven't played in nine months before the season started, but Phoenix is like the perfect example because they went out, they went eight and zero. They found uh, some chemistry with the players and speci- specifically Devin Booker figuring out um, that he can roll. And then you add Chris Paul. So it's been a, it's been a great start to the year and we're looking now at some changes being made on some of these teams as we roll into this, into the all-star break and figuring out uh, what teams need, you know, Mark, you're talking about the Lakers, that break, if nothing else, they need a D back, right? I mean, you lose a top five player. That's just some more time for him to get healthy and get back in there. But let's chat a little bit about some of these trade rumors that we have going on. Mark, you were, uh, you were going through a couple that you were hearing uh, you got any that are striking your fancy? Well, we we're hearing there's a, a Twitter blew up today, at least uh, in terms of some West Coast teams uh, looking at Blake Griffin. Um, it, there's been it's been told and reported um, by the Athletic that he will be bought out by the Pistons, which means he can sign anywhere they will figure out the details of whether they want to stretch out his contract or whether they just want to uh, waive him. But 
Um, the Lakers are a team again that will be in the hunt for all of these players looking to just continuously plug as many holes as they can. Um, if he goes to the Lakers, I, I really, I really fully expect um, a Blake Griffin that we haven't seen in, in two or three years. I, Let's face it, guys. He's been sand, he's been sandbagging it for two years in Detroit. Yeah, maybe he'll get a dunk this year. Yeah, and and if nothing else, their crosstown rivals, the Clippers, have shown them something about these veterans who are quote washed up. When you watch Nicholas Batum out there right now, who has been stealing money from Michael Jordan for the last four years, uh, going to going to the Clippers and absolutely completing them in a lot of ways, offensively and defensively. So. Um, do they have a roster spot open for Blake if they were to do that, or would they have to waive somebody? Yes, because of the changes of the NBA that they just did with with the roster and the um, the the guys on the lower tier, they now have two roster spots available without having to lose anybody. So, um, and a, a lot of teams benefited from that. So, well, and what a fit that would be. You want to talk about a guy that would uh, have a little extra motivation for beating that team on the other side of the city. That's a guy uh, who would want to show the Clippers maybe they could have held on to him for a little bit longer. Uh, the name that I loved, and who knows where, where he'll end up, but P.J. Tucker, that's a guy that you could plug and play immediately. He knows how to win, corner 3 and D guy, and he just has that winning mentality that I think would help any team, obviously. Would like him on the Lakers. <laughs> if he's shooting, if he's shooting thirty percent, uh, he's still shooting better than some of the guys out there now. What else are we hearing out there, fellas? What else? What else have you heard? Obviously, the situation with Drummond up in Cleveland. I don't know. He has got that big contract. Um, I, I know they want to move him. It's going to be hard to move him because you. I mean, what are you going to have to give up to get him? That's that's the issue. That that's really the issue. He's a he's a great center. I think he could go to a contender and really add something with his rebounding um, and his dominance in the paint. He I know he's one of those that a lot of teams struggle guarding because he's just this huge body. He's this huge mass of a man down low, uh, so he could help. I just don't know how they're going to do that. I mean they've been trying to move Kevin love for how many seasons they have yet to do it. He's just not even doing anything. I don't know what they're doing in Cleveland, but they need to figure it out. Um, we've got that one. We've got, I, I saw one today, which I think would be interest, interesting was Boston Celtics interested in Jeremy Grant. That would be very, very interesting for the Celtics. Dude, they have the, their athleticism would be off the charts. I mean, and he's having a heck of a year in Detroit because he's the guy. He's finally the guy. Yep. Um, and that would be very interesting for Boston to put him with Jalen and Tatum um, to see what they could do and just spread the floor and, and just run and gun. That would be fun to watch. I, I like that one, too. So we have some coaching changes as well around the NBA. And, Zach, I'm going to let you take this and as we were in our text string um, you had sent that news on to our group and you said uh, with the Hawks that you really liked their coach. So tell me a little bit about what you, what you think about that. 
Before you start, yeah. Nate McMillan, oh, what a dirty dog that man is. He went to Atlanta, scoped out the bench, and said, hey, boys, whenever you're ready, I'm fully Go ahead and slip on in there. Yeah, thanks for, thanks for stopping by there, bubs. I'm, I'm ready to take over. Absolutely. Absolutely. SVG. I was a big fan of the, the Hawks coach. Um, yeah, sometimes a change is a change. Then you, But you go like – for a young star and Trey Young, is is it still the right move? He really liked his coach, and, you know, and that's and that's something too. You don't want to hurt that relationship with the team at all. This is this is a it's a league now as any professional sport where I feel like a player can really make his way and move wherever he wants to move and ask for a trade whenever they want to tr- be traded. So you got to make sure that that's actually hopefully that doesn't come back to bite them. Nate McMillan, you know, we we've talked about him. Um, and what he can do, uh, you know, when we, when we talked about him being added to that coaching staff and what he's like, you know, he's been known as a general and he's a very old school minded, defensive minded coach. Atlanta needs that. They definitely need more discipline on the defensive end. And he was a fine coach for four years in Indiana winning seasons. He was fine, but he just couldn't win in the playoffs. So he got announced as the interim head coach. I hope for the Hawks that they go out and get somebody different because I think there's probably some better fits for the the young stars that are on that team. I agree. Yeah, here's here was your here was your your text, uh, and the, man, it seems like it was later than Monday. But Lloyd Pierce has been dismissed, and he was, you know, he he was connecting with again specifically Trey. You got to connect with your best player, and. Uh, but yeah, Nate, the, bring in the heat. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. It's like, hey, fellas, you know, again, I'm here. Yeah, and I would say too, you know, kind of brought up when you see that already, you know, before All-Star break, you have a firing. You have somebody being let go and kind of brought that who else is in the hot seat. Um, for a while there, we were kind of worried about Brad Stevens, right? Depending on what the Celtics could do. But of course, everyone, you kind of have to just hold on because we saw what the East is doing right now. So I think he's fine. I don't think he's on a hot seat, but if they don't do, if they, no, they're not, they're not going to let grow. No Brad Stevens. They, you can't, they can't, they can't. Um, they but can. I would, they <laughs> Well, they can. They can. Should they? Guys, don't be surprised if they don't start doing something that changes are made rather quickly up there in Boston. I, 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 they don't have much room for error right now. I mean, they got, they have two young guys, and they brought in Kemba, and financially, they're pretty, they're pretty limited. Uh, They're gonna have to make trades. Uh, in order to make that roster better, they're going to have to bring in some veterans. All I'm saying is that they feel like they got the pieces there to make a run, and he's not made a run. So in the NBA, man, it is a uh, it can be it can be a cruel world if you're well, not getting the job done. He's run into a couple of buzz saws too with a young team. I just again, I'm a big fan. Danny Ainge has talked a big game forever. And he compiled somewhere in the neighborhood of 7,005 draft picks and used them for, they don't, none of, none of those moves 
are are relevant to the team that's here now. Agreed. It's his um, his kind of idiotic way of being a a GM that has kind of ruined them. It, it, but my point is that he won't take the blame. He will. He would fire Brad Stevens before letting it come back to him. Like, and, and I hear you with that. That would be change for change's sake because you're not going to get – he's a top – and maybe he's not. Maybe, maybe my view of him is higher than what he actually is. I see him as a top five coach in the league. Who are you going to get that's going to do a better job with that young team? Change for change's sake. Sometimes – you know, sometimes that's helpful, but I don't, I don't like that news. I don't think it's right, guys. <laughs> Any other team that you think that is there a coach that is in the hot seat for how they performed in the first half of the season? Yeah, Budenholzer up in uh, in Milwaukee is another one. Uh, people have been begging for his job to be to be done the last two years after their playoff exits. And they bring him back again. And, and offensively, he's just very limited. He's a great defensive coach, but offensively, he's just he's just limited. And and it continues to show, no matter what rosters put around Giannis, that the lack of creativity to get him the ball, uh, other than an ISO situations, is just it's alarming. And so that's why they struggle. Now they're good enough defensively to beat a lot of teams, but if they don't make a serious run, I would put a lot of money on the fact he will not be back next year. Especially if they have an early um, elimination this year, if, if they get knocked out, you know, pre semifinals, then I, I yeah, you, you're 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 gone. Sorry, buddy. You had Giannis sign that big contract, and they they're on they're on a time constraint now to make sure that they keep him happy and all that. Like they're not going to just sit around and waste years of Giannis's talent. Yeah, it does feel like it's a make or break year for some of those for some of those coaches now that. Now that you're kind of walking through that, because you're right, Boston and Milwaukee are in the same are in the same boat with some of that. They have to make that run. I just, again, Brad Stevens fan right here. So, all right, guys, MVP. It's the you, season stops today. Who's your MVP? Ooh, things really tightened up the last couple of weeks in the MVP race. They really um, have. I think it's a I think it's a three headed monster right now with uh, Embiid, LeBron, and Joker. Um, I think LeBron has maybe slipped a little bit. Um, no Harden, you don't got James in there? No, absolutely not. I got LeBron slipping a little bit. I have Embiid maybe bumping. I have Joker though as the one who's gained the most ground in the last few weeks. Um, I think those three have just been head and shoulders better than everybody else in the league right now. Um, I still think it's LeBron's to lose. Um, I still think that ultimately he will because I think the second half of the season, the Lakers are going to absolutely uh, just demolish people. I think this rest is exactly what they need. And he'll ultimately be the guy leading the way out there. And and the Lakers will be right back to where they should be uh, at the end of the season. And, and that will lead him. And his stats are just, they're just insane. They're just incredible. So um, and Bede's making a nice run. And Joker's making a nice run too, but I don't – he's made a nice push, but I don't see him as a serious candidate yet, but I do think he's top three. So what I'm saying is it's really Embiid or LeBron at the end of the day. Here's my question. What would Embiid have to do the rest of the season to take that away from LeBron? 
What kind of stat lines uh, or what does he have to do for the team? Are they, they have to finish first. Would you say he, they have to finish first in the East for him to kind of solidify that or. I I think he's got to win more games in the East. The East is a dumpster fire this year. Yeah. They have to be, they have to be head and shoulders, but in my opinion, they'd have to be head and shoulders better than everybody in the East. Um, and I think LeBron's been, I think he gets a little bit of an advantage because he's uh, at least last year, you know, there was all the talk of him winning as we've talked about before on here. And so I think, I do think that they, he's got an advantage in that category already. So, yeah, I, I just, I, I just feel like the 76ers have to be better than what they are right now uh, in terms of in the East, they're 24 and 12, uh, you know, that's basically the same record as the Lakers in the West with a much better conference. Lakers are 24 and 13. So yeah, I'd have to see them really take a big jump. Yeah. I, I think Embiid's MVP case rests on how the 76ers finish, whether or not they finish first, who knows? Because if Brooklyn finishes first, they're going to split that up. KD's going to be coming back and you're going to have a bunch of MVPs on there. But they have to. They can't fade to fourth or fifth. Can I just they, say that the Nets will be finishing first in the East? Right. That's what I mean. I get, are you going to say Embiid doesn't win it because they have, you know, two and a half MVPs on Brooklyn? Eh. You know, but he can't. You know, he can't end up in fourth behind Boston and the Knicks. <laughs> so I think his individual award more than any other player rests on how his team finishes and how they're playing. Yeah, I agree. I, I think, I think we're all on the same page. It's LeBron's lose period. I think that's done. Um, To the next point in this, I kind of wanted to, this is going to be really quick before we go to break. I wanted to hit on this and I watched Donovan Mitchell blow up about the officiating Dude, just uh, so you know, game. I don't know that I can make this really quick, but we'll see. <laughs> okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, if you need to vent, vent. Um, and it made me start to think, and he he he's he was speaking like they've been robbed multiple times and they're out to get like it just made it seem like that. I don't know that I feel that way. I don't there hasn't been many instances that I've watched all of the NBA that I've watched this year, and I'm like wow, the, the refs are really struggling this year. I think every year there's always a human, you're going to blow calls, period. Any sport officiating. I, I don't agree with the blow up. Obviously, it's a tough game. You're frustrated. But it just was a topic that I wanted to hit. And, I, and, and Mike, I'm ready for you. Dude. What you got for me? What does it? and you guys can probably answer this in unison. What do you want from officiating? You want consistency, right? You want the calls to go the same both ways. I I sent you guys this, uh, I don't know, maybe last year. I think I was actually watching it. I, I sent it while we were in the bubble or while we were watching the bubble. The NBA is the best league in the world. It would be otherworldly if they called half the amount of fouls. It is, I feel like a referee should be like an offensive lineman. You should, you should really work to keep from being noticed. And uh, it just feels like, I, I mean, uh, they make 
They make calls based on what they think is going to happen versus what actually happens. I can't stand the fact that three somebody shooting a three can jump forward, land in the space that the defender has. That rule is terrible. They need to change that. Somebody down on the post can get the crap beat out of them. But if you high five a guy after the ball is gone or he or Steph throws his hip out and runs into your thigh, that's a foul. So whew, I'm getting all fired up here. But it 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 is not that there need to be some basic rule changes in my estimation. And there's not consistency. Now, every star is going to get more calls. That's just the way it goes. It's always been that way. And let me rephrase that. Not every star. But certain stars are always going to get calls. Shaq would have shot 800,000 free throws if he weren't 7'2 and 300 pounds because people were bouncing off him. He was getting fouled all the time. But I just feel like the refs are part of the story in the NBA, and it feels like more this year than any other year. And that's not just Donovan Mitchell. But their their storyline needs to be less and let the players play. All right, I feel better. Uh, I'm going to tag right along with you. You're right. I mean, the refs have way too much ability and power to single-handedly control or dictate a game. Um, they've, they've put focus. The NBA has got to pay attention to this because it is, it is becoming a problem for viewers and people that honestly NBA guys, now they're starting to talk about it. They have put their focus on the wrong areas of the game. So now everything is a stoppage. Everything is a review. You, you, you have guys that are going to make basketball plays that are getting flagrant ones. And then you have guys that are just getting, you know, common fouls that are clearly flagrant fouls or vice versa, whatever it might be. And so there's no, as you said, consistency in what we're seeing. And it is really, it's, it's making the game really ugly. A lot of times it's it's hard. Yeah. It's really hard to watch. And when you have that much talent and that much, uh, you know, star power on the floor every night. You have to bring it if you're a ref and say, hey, we're going to do everything we can to stay out of the way of this. We have to make sure we're calling the, the fouls consistently and, and that if one team's getting this call, the other team's getting this call, or whatever, I don't know what they need to do. They obviously need um, probably some, some new refs. There are some guys in there that have been refing a long time that just keep doing the same thing. And we keep hearing the players say the same thing about what they say and how they react and their calls. And, and it just doesn't go away. It just, it's just, and these new players, these new refs coming up, you can see it on their faces. It's like, they don't know what to call. They don't know what to do. Um, but some of the younger ones are, in my opinion, are the best. They just call what they see and they don't make it bigger than that. So I don't know. There, I it say, is a massive problem. They got it. They got to yeah. adjust and figure out. I will say I did get really, really pissed off the other night watching the replay of J.J. Redick spinning the ball to the ref. Like after he had gotten a foul called on, he, he did the whole spin the ball to the ref, and the ref called the second technical and ejected him because the ref wasn't watching. It just hit him in the leg, so he assumed it was thrown at him. And, I, and you watch the replay and you're like, no, dude, you just turned to the table to say what number the <laughs> foul was on. You weren't ready to catch it. 
it is the refs are very emotional. Like they're, they're, they're definitely refing through emotion instead of what they're seeing for sure. I will say that a lot. Yeah. It just, it feels like they're calling what they think is going to happen. And it's been happening for years. I mean, I, I have very burned into my memory, lots of plays with referees that are calling what they think is happening instead of calling the game. My number one, it's not even an NBA play. It's the Trey Burke block in the 2013 championship game against Louisville. He bodied up and got the ball, but they called it because they assumed it was going to be a foul. And those are the plays that drive me crazy. And it doesn't help that we have a half dozen of the best players in the world playing for fouls, doing rip-throughs on layups. Um, Instead of making a basketball play, they're bringing their arms through the defender to get the foul. And yes, do you have to call that? Sure, but you don't have to. So I, I, I don't know, I don't know. I mean, you have to because that's what the rules are, but you can change those rules. They changed it, uh, they, they changed it on three points, on three pointers to make sure they could call more fouls if the offensive player didn't have what they considered a, a safe space to land. So there's a balance between safety and flow, but good heavens, it is hard to watch sometimes when you're playing a 48-minute game and you've got 45 fouls called. So I, I just, if they, if they cut it in half, I'd be happy. I'd even put up with a few, you know, altercations, small ones. Come on, Davis. Uh, you know, we, we have to understand that. Adam Silver. No, no, no. What, what I was going to say was we have to understand is that even when David Stern was doing this, I remember that, you know, they, they changed rules in the NBA yeah. to try to make this better. Um, and now Adam Silver's come in and now he has to, he's got to address this. This has to be addressed because it is bad. It was bad in the playoffs last year. And, oh my gosh. and, and I mean, I, I just oh remember every gosh. game. So what I'm saying is David Stern all the way to Adam Silver. This has been going on for 20 years, but, but it feels like this year, you're right. It just feels like it's the worst it's been. And now fans are starting to get fed up. Players are starting to get fed up. It's getting, it's getting to the point where we have to see change. So come on, NBA, make the change for us. Do something. Get, get these guys on the same page. Do and, it. And let us get on the same page by going to break. Hey, hoopheads, we all hate ankle sprains, and they happen way too often. Ankle injuries are the number one sports-related injury. Arise is trying to change that. With the iFast, your athletes get preventative protection and full mobility. Athletes no longer need to wear bulky braces that limit performance and give mediocre protection. Anyone playing sports should be using these products. Keep your athletes in the game. Don't wait for them to get hurt to take action. Visit www.arise.com, spelled A-R-Y-S-E, and use the code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off the future of performance. That's A-R-Y-S-E.com with promo code HOOPHEADS to get 20% off. All right, welcome back. Um, 
we're back from break. We we were able to to gather our thoughts and come together on a few things coming up here for the second half of this episode. Um, before yeah, we start I that feel, though, I feel more relaxed. Yeah, it, that was good. We needed to get that out. We really did. Yep. Yeah. Yep. NBA refs, you just you need to come out of the game sometimes. <laughs> it's true. It's been a while. Yeah, I agree. Back. I agree. So before we start the second half, again, please subscribe, X underscore breakdown, Twitter, Instagram. Give us what you got on Apple Pods. Um, I did want to do a, a quick mention here. Um, we are going to start looking into and really diving into the video side of things to add to this podcast so you guys can get some visual representation for what we're doing. Um, I coach, as you guys know, and now that season – has ended for us, unfortunately, last night. I have a lot more time to um, to dive into some of that stuff with Mike and Zach. And, and kind of real quick, them. shout out to the Kaufman Rocks. I mean, shout out to the team this year. You know, that's where I know Coach, uh, Coach Tink, that's where he coaches. But we're both graduates from there as well. So very, very much invested. Thank you, Coach, for a good season. Appreciate you guys. Yep. You, good guys, job run. All you, guys you guys saw what I was uh, what I was scheming up the other day. Oh, yeah. Yeah, you were throwing <laughs> some dipsy dudes in there. I was but very proud of you. You saw the paperwork. You saw the scouting. So I think we can make this work at the NBA level, too, no question. Um, so here we are. Uh, we're going to talk about – now we're going to get into the All-Star game a little bit and, and some things going on with it. So the draft was tonight, and <laughs> – Wow. All I can say is, wow. I, I just, I just want to make a, a quick note here. Let's okay. Let's just start with this team LeBron. Okay. I, I just want to start with team LeBron, LeBron James, John Santacupo, Steph Curry, Luka Doncic, and Nikolai Jokic. I'm going to need everybody else to just stop. My goodness. Wow. That is a team. Um, and then Team Durant, you have Kyrie, Embiid, Kawhi, Bradley Beal, and Jason Tatum. Not too bad over there either on that side. Um, so what are you guys what are you guys hoping for this All-Star game? Who do you expect to win? This is going to be just like it was last year, I think, competitive as can be. Um, there will be some fans in attendance. So I, I, quite frankly, I always end up saying – Oh, I'm not going to watch it. And then I end up watching it and I end up loving it. So what do you guys think? Dude, last year was the first all-star charge <laughs> by Kyle Lowry that I've ever seen taken. Uh, if this starting five went, if these two starting fives went against each other solely, uh, I got LeBron's team by 30. Uh, there might be a hundred assists in this game with these guys. It is... I mean, LeBron, Giannis, Steph, Luca, and Joker, come on. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a fun one. It's too bad Durant can't play. Um, but, I, yeah, I, I got LeBron's team by 30. It's definitely Team LeBron. I mean, it hands down, he had the best draft. And, I, yeah, I'm looking at this thing. Yeah, whew. I can't wait. Like, I can't wait. I know we had that, that conversation a few weeks back on if we want there to be an all-star game, it, you know, should there be one? I don't care about it anymore. I want to see it. Okay. That's what I want. I want to see it. It's, I'm excited. <laughs> I need it's it. It's so good. And did you hear, did I hear this right? That the proceeds are going to HBCUs? Yes. That, 
That's incredible. And I just saw on Twitter. Yeah, three HBCU grads ref in the game. Yep. That's right. That's fantastic. Yep. And, and I, I, I love, go ahead. Go ahead. I Dave. was just going to say, I think the best part about all this is that Rudy Gobert and Jonathan Mitchell. I was just about to say the same thing. Two players. Pick. Did you see James's his <laughs> quote? Did you see his quote? He said, he said listen, listen. You guys have to understand something. When we were growing up, we never played with the Utah Jazz on any never. video games. Never. It's no disrespect to those guys, but ain't nobody watching the Utah Jazz, man. <laughs> <laughs> that is brilliant stuff. I, I just think it is so funny, the graphic of LeBron and KD sitting there with their draft, and everybody's grayed out except for Rudy Gobert and Donovan Mitchell. They're just sitting on the playground <laughs> by themselves. And I love Barkley. He goes, he goes, let me real quick before we go to break. He's like, LeBron, you said you needed size, and you've got Rudy Gobert right there who's 7'5", and DeMontis Sabonis who's 6'5". Explain <laughs> that to me. Oh, <laughs> uh, it's good stuff. That is – that's classic. Um, and the second part of that is, is that they're doing things a little bit differently this year with the dunk contest and three point contest and skills. So uh, tell me what you guys think about that. What are you looking forward to that part of it? I always like the, the dunk contest. You guys can go through who you like in there and, and, and who you think's potentially uh, going to win. And if you like the setup of it, I do. I will watch all of it. I will tell you there were a lot of years where, oh, that's right. Dunk contest is tonight. It's Saturday night. Whoops. Maybe I'll tune in. or But no, I'm going to watch every bit of it. Um, I love the setup. I love doing it all. And I again, we talked about this, the best league in the world. They figured out a way within the constructs of what they have to do for this pandemic to get those things done. Zach, you were saying last week, you know, they don't have to have more people around multiple nights, figure out all that. They figured out the best way to get it all done. And again, the argument can be made, should it be done in the first place, but it's going to be, and this is best case scenario. So yeah, I'm excited. I'll watch it all. I think again, kind of going back to that whole, um, would they, should they, could they, whatever was going to happen at the end of the day, this has been a last year, you know, we're coming up on the, the year anniversary of Rudy Gobert testing positive and NBA being shut down. And it really started everything spiraling in 2020 um, where Mike, you just made the great example. You, you kind of took, took for granted like little situations like, Oh, the all-star games on gun contest is on where now I'm like, you know what? I need it. Like I need to watch something that's going to just keep Make me, me you feel know, normal. Exactly. So yes, please bring it to me. Um, let's start here. Dunk contest. We've got Anthony Simmons. I don't know who you are. Uh, Cassius Stanley. <laughs> I know who you are. Cause you play for the Pacers. Uh, you're out of Duke. I watched you at Duke. He can jump out of the uh, the gym. He's probably going to win. That dude is ridiculous. And then you have the, the token big man, Obi Toppin. Sure. Um, Dude, don't sleep on him. I'm not going to sleep on not. him. I'm not going to sleep on him. I'm just telling you right now, look out for Cassie Stanley dunking on everybody. I want you to look up videos of him just floating up like he's angelic and just floating uh-huh. up to the basket and dunking it. It literally looks like he's on strings and someone's lifting it up. It's, cre- it's creepy. 
Um, I think is that I really don't know who Anthony Sim- Simmons is, and I hope someone can chime in and let Anthony me know. Simons. He he plays Simons. For, yeah, he plays for the. Uh, it doesn't matter. Got it. Okay. <laughs> it doesn't matter. But I, I, will, I will come in and say the skills. Ch- I was looking through the list, the skills challenge and the three point contest. They got some dudes out there. Man, yeah. they got, this is gonna be this is gonna be fun. The I, skills honestly, challenge last year was awesome, and I I really really liked it. And they have another good roster with it. Yeah, I love man. the three big men in there because uh, actually Sabonis went to the the finals last year because he can he can run he he runs the floor for the Pacers a lot of the times like Joker does. Um, it's a fun group of guys in that skills challenge. Yeah, and listen to this three point competition. This is this is gonna be to me. I'm looking for a three point contest the most. Devin Booker, Jalen Brown, Steph Curry, Zach Levine, Donovan Mitchell, and Jason Tatum. Those are your five participants so far in the three-point contest. Uh, they've got some. They've got some dudes out there. They're going to be uh, all five of those guys can can stripe it from deep. So that I'm looking forward to that the most right now. Skills challenge. You got Covington, Luka Doncic, Chris Paul. Julius Randle, Sabonis, and Vucevic in there. So I, I'm really unsure as to why Vucevic is in there, but um, I'm going to let the rest of it play out. I'm going to assume Chris Paul or Luka Doncic is, is probably going to win the skills challenge. But what do I know? Yeah, I'm pulling for uh, either CP3 or I want my boy Julius Randle to ball out. And I'm also really concerned as to why Robert Covington's in there because he's not very skilled. So uh, – that's okay, though. Well, that's why it's <laughs> called a challenge. <laughs> you got to challenge them. <laughs> and circle gets the squares. <laughs> so, so tell me a final of Devin Booker and Steph Curry wouldn't be a blast. Be amazing, but I think that's the that's if, what if, everyone wants, including the NBA. That's who they want to go st- ahead. If Steph doesn't win, though, come on, man. If he doesn't win, he 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 underperformed. Because that's the best shooter we've ever watched. I agree. All right, to sum up, All-Star Weekend, we need it. It's coming. It's Sunday, isn't it? In this coming Sunday where everything's going on? I'm ready. My body's ready for it. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. Tune in. I, I know we'll have some follow-ups the following, you know, next week before we, you know, have spring breaks and vacations and stuff like that. We'll have some follow-ups on what happened and all that stuff. But now it is time, gentlemen. To wrap up the show, I'm going to do a little would you rather. All right, gentlemen, I have a nice mixed boat of stuff here. Um, got a few who would you rather start your franchise with and then a couple, hey, just random NBA situations that you'd rather have, basically. So I'm going to start it off. Two young stars. Actually, the first two are just young stars. I'm just intrigued to see what you guys would say. Who would you rather start your franchise with? First question. And we'll go kind of what I'm going to, what I see on my screen. Tink, you're going to be up on the first answers. Mike, you're going to follow it up. Got gotcha. Everybody with me? Feel good? Great. Choo, choo, good. Choo, choo, choo. <laughs> All right. LaMelo Ball or Zion Williamson? Who are you starting a franchise with? Um, LaMelo Ball. I'm starting with LaMelo Ball because um, I've seen what he's been able to do already with a team that if you were starting a franchise, you'd probably be caught with. 
Uh, I think Zion has a ton of talent around him with Brandon Ingram and Lonzo and uh, Josh Hart and and um, JJ Redick and I, they got a lot of pieces there in in New Orleans, and so he's actually been put in a pretty a pretty good situation. Um, you know, Lamelo he was thrown into Charlotte with zero expectations of them being good, and we've been watching him just uh, really take over kind of the the eastern conference like the their energy that they're a must-watch tv and it all starts with him so i'm going Lamelo all day every day honestly right now he's he's even pushing his way to me to to like a top 10 point guard right now in the league the way he's playing i'm not saying it's gonna be at the way at the end of the year but if we were to talk about it right now he'd have to be in the conversation already yeah i am too uh i think all things being equal you always take the guy that's handling the ball. Uh, Zion needs somebody to get him the ball, right? And so even just that, now that doesn't take into account the fact that LaMelo is playing incredible basketball right now. And I'm not sold yet on five more years of Zion being healthy. So for that, I, I, I take LaMelo. I'm going to actually chime in. I know it's my would you rather, but I'm, I'm going to agree with you guys. The fact that Lamel has them after, you know, they finally put him in the starting lineup as our good old friend of the show. Coach O was talked about many, many episodes ago. Shout out. Shout out. Um, he's got him in sixth place in the East. Now, again, that also could be 12th place tomorrow, but <laughs> it's still nice to see. All right, next one. I'm going to go back on what you just kind of said. Ball handling. You're going to choose the guy that has the ball in his hand, right, Mike? Ja Morant or De'Aaron Fox? Two young guards in the league. Who are you choosing? Ooh, tough. Um, I'm going to go with Ja Morant. And I'm going to go with Ja Morant just simply based on the fact that I think they are equal in so many categories. But John Morant's, uh, we've seen it enough. Their rosters, again, you compare their rosters, the Kings have a much better roster than the Grizzlies. And we saw we saw John take Memphis almost to the playoffs last year. Um, and so his want to, like his, I'm not saying De'Aaron Fox doesn't have this, but I'm just saying I think Jaws, his want to and like his determination to just get it done at the end of the day, it, there's so many equal categories that, that that X factor for him puts him over the top for me. You know, I agree. I mean, I, I would take Ja. For, I, they both have pretty sick handles, right? So specifically handling the ball, Um but as we just saw the other night with Sacramento, Buddy Heald is filling it up. And so he always has uh, – De'Aaron Fox always has that outlet to have somebody else take the pressure off. And it feels like Ja is handling that by himself a lot of nights. Um, and so, so far, we're two for two. I'll take Ja. All right, boys, we're going to go to the wing. I got four choices for you on this one. Who are you starting your franchise with? Jalen Brown, Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, or Brandon Ingram? Run through that list one more time. Jalen Brown, okay. Devin Booker, Donovan Mitchell, Brandon Ingram. Whoa, man. Um, 
I got to pick one. You're picking one. I'm going Brandon Ingram for sure. Um, length, scoring all three levels, um, smoothness. He's got a nice little bag now. Uh, he's he's starting to make clutch shots all of a sudden this year. Probably most improved player. Yeah, I'm going Brandon Ingram. And to me, Devin Booker's really, 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 really close. But the length and his ability to play one through four – uh, changes things for me. So I'm going to go Brandon Ingram. Yeah, for me, it was between your same two, but I'm going to go Devin Booker. I am, we knew he could shoot, but now we're seeing him drive and finish even more. And, you know, Ingram probably has four inches on him, three inches on him, but Book is playing above the rim more than I thought that he would coming out. And he has dropped 70 before. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I also think it's funny that it, it feels a little bit like, okay, we've seen Jalen Brown and we've seen Donovan Mitchell. And, you know, part of it is there's so much more that we haven't seen out of, even though it feels like Brandon Ingram's been in the league since, you know, Larry Bird was around, but he, uh, he hadn't been around that long. But, yeah, he's playing. He would be my second. Um, but I'm going D-Book. I like it. I think I'm going D-Book as well. All right, boys. Situation, NBA situations. I got this first one. Would you rather have one amazing season? You're probably one of the top prospects coming in, but you have a career-ending injury. Or you ride the pine your whole career and never really see the court. Um... Well, I've known somebody that has been in the second situation, although he did play, there was quite an opportunity to play, but, but for the most part, um, you know, was more of a reserve player in the NBA. I haven't personally known anybody that's been a star that ended up getting injured, but I think either way, I'm going to say somebody – I'm going to go longevity here simply because um, once you get five or six years in the league, one of the two, you get that pension and, and you get that money for the rest of your life. So, yeah, I'm going to say I'm, I'm going to ride the pine and, and be a nice NBA vet, man, and, and, and hopefully get into the – and pay my time and get into the coaching ranks just like my buddy Chris did. You know how much money Miles Plumley has? A lot. He's been doing that forever, you know, or somebody like him, Jared Dudley. I mean, my man never had an outstanding season, but has Good been potato head. Has been around forever. The the what if of the season? I could go Uncle Uncle Rico forever with one great season. You know, I coulda if I would have stayed healthy, but you can take care of three generations of your family by riding the pine in the NBA for 10 years. So that's, I, I've, I've become a pragmatist in my old age. So the second one. Okay. So we kind of had one similar to this before, but I think I like this one a little bit. I want to miss We're gonna the go layup. back to being, it's <laughs> right. Would you rather be posterized? We've, we know our opinions on that or have your ankle severely broken? 
on a crossover that actually broken? Oh, uh, yeah, I'm going to go with having my ankles broken on this one. Um, I'm just not good with the idea of somebody destroying me at the rim. And quite frankly, I've only been dunked on one time. Um, and it was a really bad experience. So I've been turned around once before two on a crossover. It's happened. Uh, I don't know if it's happened in a game, but it definitely has happened in a, in a, in an open gym run or something. Uh, that's not as bad as, as not having any idea and looking up and just getting absolutely destroyed at the rim. So yeah, I'm gonna take, I'll take, I'll get crossed. I'll get crossed. Cause I'm going to come down. I'm going to try to get you again the next time down when I'm on offense. So I, and I can't dunk anymore. So it's not that. I feel like there are, there are shades of gray in this question because if I go up um, like Dikembe and somebody, I'm going for a block, and I'm right there, but I just get rocked. Okay, that's one thing. Uh, if I am, you know, got my face in somebody's belly button because I just turned around at the wrong time and I am ended up splayed on the floor, that's another thing. If I'm doing one of those whoop, 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 ankle breaker crossovers, where I'm just falling backwards. I saw I saw a YouTube clip of Iverson double crossed over somebody and the guy fell back two different ways. I don't th- I don't know that I could ever live that down. So for me, I'd rather get dunked on if they're both as embarrassing a level. Right? I'd rather get dunked on as at a 10 than I would um, get crossover at a 10. I completely agree. I don't want to have the drunk legs and don't know where I'm at or where the other guy is at after he's crossed me over and looking around going, what happened? <laughs> yeah. Whoop, whoop. No, All right. Last one, boys. And then we're going to wrap up the show. Been a great episode. If, and this is going to be just, I'm not even giving you a choice as far as you have to choose between somebody. You, in your prime of your basketball legs, what star would you duo with? Pick anybody. Kobe, do I need to elaborate? No. Yeah, I I was fully expecting to go four seconds after that question was done. Okay, perfect. But let me elaborate. So here's why okay. I'm gonna here's why I'm gonna pick Kobe. Um, I'm gonna pick Kobe because um, I get to give him the ball. I get to spot up. I get to watch him do everything, be in complete amazement, and then be able to get wide open threes um, at the same time based on his ability to pass. Uh, So I would do anything. I would have given anything to play with Cobes. God, that is such a good question. In so so I'm playing I'm playing two on two against a hypothetical anybody. It's you and somebody versus me and somebody. That's what we're going here. It's me and Kobe versus you and somebody. Who are you taking? Well, I'm already at a little bit of a disadvantage. Uh, <laughs> although in my prime, I had a little bit. Come on, man. Um, well, if it's you and Kobe, 
Okay, because now I'm switching. Now, now I'm switching up. Okay, if it's you and Kobe, Mm -hmm. then I'm taking Prime Shaq. That's a problem. (laughs) That is a problem. It's like this is like NBA Jam back in the day. Yeah, yeah. we're sitting there on the at the pizza parlor on the big four person game here. Yeah, that's a problem. Yeah, I I don't. We don't have a matchup for that. No, I'm 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 sick and Kobe on him. No, sure. Oh, yeah. You don't want to do that to yourself. Yeah, you're definitely no. going to put Kobe on him. No, yeah. I'm, I'm out of there. Um, and quite frankly, Mike, I'm doubling, and I'm going to live with you shooting threes. Yeah. Hey, you know what? In my prime, I'm okay with that. Yeah? Because I'm pl- I'm playing a one-person zone. Who's getting the, top, the ball At first? the top of the key. Are we shooting because, the ball? Who's getting the ball? Yeah, How are we it, doing this? Is it make it, take it? Yeah, is it make it, take it? That's – no, no, make it take it in a situation like that. This is just okay. straight up. Oh, if it's straight up, we're winning then. If it's make it take it, we're in trouble. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Okay, so straight. <laughs> so no, you're right. You're right. So straight up. Uh, well, if we, if we get one stop, it's over because. Yeah, Kobe's gonna score every every time. Yeah, I mean, you might you'll score some too. Although my 25 year old self would do something. Yeah, but I, well, plus crazy. plus. Plus, well, never. To, no. Plus, I know you, so I'd I'd play a little dirty. Yeah. Um. What? Mm. Yeah, that's that. You're gonna have playing, to go. You're gonna have to go, MJ. That's I have the best to. option. I if if we're going full court, two on not two? two on two. Oh hell! But if we're going if we're going full court, I'm taking Magic. But yeah, I'm I'm taking Jordan then. Yeah, that's fair. So Kobe Jordan, Jordan. And boy, Jordan and Kobe mm. just going at it like at the All-Star game back it, in the – Well, dude, oh it, would, it would just turn into well, them playing the one-on-one and us on That's the sidelines. Exactly right. you, two, you two on oh. the sidelines eating popcorn. Oh. No, right. You guys good? Check you guys up. Check out. Okay. Check up. <laughs> right. I'd go to the cooler. I'd be sitting there in my in – my, uh, what did I have? Reebok pumps and <laughs> just over there – and I mean, realistically, Mark, we we would just be like, okay, guys, let's yeah. that's fine. Here, you pass it to me. I'll it. pass it right back. All right, I, go. I'm good. I'm gonna have more fun watching you than I'm gonna be playing in this game anyway. You're gonna so be in your it. pumps, your Gus Macker T-shirt, my Gus Macker <laughs> Grand Haven best sportsmanship let's T-shirt. Do let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. Good episode, fellas. Kobe, MJ. Well, Zach, I mean, you could chime in. Who you taking, bro? Yeah, who you got? Oh man. If I'm going two on two, please don't say Reggie Miller. Heck no. Come on. I'm smarter than that. That's no. Come on now. Please don't um, say Demonte Sabonis. No, I'm going. Le- if you guys are taking those two, I'm taking LeBron. That's fair. Mm. My goodness. Be yeah, a good wow. team. I don't know that we'd have a matchup for LeBron. <laughs> well, here's, here's what we do. Eventually. It'll just morph into the three of us playing the three of them. Yeah. Bring it. Bring it. (laughs) All right, guys. Thank you. Episode 12. That is a wrap. We will uh, see you guys here soon post all-star game where we'll have our recap of the all-star game and our preview of the second half of the season. So for Mark, Mike, and Zach, we bid you adieu. Mamba on three. One, two, three. Mamba. Mamba. See you next time, guys. Hey, Mamba. Thank you so much for joining us on this week's episode of X's and O's NBA Breakdown. We hope you enjoyed the show. 
please like, subscribe, or comment on any of our social media sites at X underscore breakdown. See you next week. And remember, Mamba on three.